Get ready for real time, prime time, big time, show time. It's edible honesty time. And in the meantime, get ready for your favorite partner in crime, your host, one of the greatest talkers of all time, the king of edible honesty, the eighth wonder of the world, Andrew the Giant. Hey, hey, my, my, hot, rockin' cucumber pie. Let's get down. Let's talk about the ins and outs of the food industry. My name is Andrew. I'm your host, and I am ready to rock. So let's cut right into it, because today we will be readjusting almost everything you thought you knew about food. Now, in last week's Edible Adventure, we saw Andrew the Giant and his pal Neo descend further into the edible matrix, and we witness them free the cucumber from permanent edible witness protection as our heroes were able to reintroduce the cucumber to the world, not as a vegetable, but as the big, beautiful berry that it is. And to make that happen, there was a historical descent and a ghastly travesty as we historically Witness the Hebrews starving in the desert after 430 years of slavery. And we witness the biblical power of the cucumber, slavery over freedom, and cucumbers over sand. And there was another quick journey through edible time in a telephone booth to ancient Sumerian Uruk as our heroes partied on and remained excellent onto each other on their quest for edible immortality. Our heroes met the planet's very first superhero, King Gilgamesh. There was a berry promising immortality, a rare, forbidden, magical berry, a cucumber. And it's stolen. And over 5,000 years ago, a strange discovery. Is it a clue? Can the cucumber be the key to edible immortality? But wait, the best is yet to come. So pass the beer nuts, Hillary Norman Peterson, and let's get right into today's tasty episode. So holy cucumbers and pickles, Batman. Now, shortly after the tale of King Gilgamesh, this powerful sexual symbol, The cucumber has uniquely attracted kings and queens and emperors and literally almost all of history's most prolific movers and shakers. And back before the birth of Christ, the cucumber was the biggest edible game in town. And after King Gilgamesh, the cucumber achieved a whole new level of worldwide recognition and edible stardom. And under the reign of Emperor Tiberius, the second emperor of Rome in the year 37 BC. Now, Tiberius was a dark, reclusive, and somber ruler who truthfully never even desired to be emperor. However, Tiberius loved berries, especially the cucumber. It was his favorite. And Tiberius believed Cucumbers were the most delicious food anywhere on the planet. 
and Tiberius believed cucumbers were the edible answer to everything, not just medically, not just physically, but spiritually as well. And so much so that he insisted on eating and being served fresh cucumbers on the daily. Now that's 365 days a year. And as Sarah Vaughn knows, whatever Emperor Tiberius wants, Emperor Tiberius gets, and little cucumber, little Emperor Tiberius wants you. So now, in order to achieve this, in order to be able to eat fresh cucumbers in every day and in the year 37 BC, well, Tiberius insisted that his gardeners create a garden that just grew cucumbers and 365 days a year, mind you, no excuses or death, which today is really not a big agricultural cultural achievement by any means. But back in the year 37 BC, this was simply unthinkable. Because let's face it, cucumbers love warm weather. And cucumbers are only in season four months a year. And that's from May to August. And cucumbers can never survive a cold Roman winter, let alone a brisk Roman fall. Because cucumbers simply do not grow in the cold. So now, in order to achieve this, to be able to cultivate cucumbers all year round, Tiberius had to create an artificial method of growing the cucumbers. And trust me, there was no pre-existing blueprint. Now that being said, Tiberius actually achieves complete success. And in doing so, He created the world's first greenhouse. And in the year 37 BC, Tiberius literally moved mountains and disrupted the space-time continuum to construct the world's first greenhouse. And all because of a miraculous berry known as the cucumber. Now, history tells us that Tiberius begrudgingly built his wife a modest shoe closet. But for the almighty mythological cucumber, Tiberius spared no expenses, and he used all of his resources, and he literally disrupted the edible space-time continuum. And because Emperor Tiberius successfully destroyed the fabric of space-time, he was able to consume cucumbers every single day until the day he died and all due to his creation, the world's first greenhouse. You see, Tiberius had raised beds made in frames upon wheels by means of which the cucumbers were moved and exposed to the full heat of the sun in the spring and the summer. Now, in the winter and the fall, the cucumbers were withdrawn and placed under the protection of frames that were glazed with mirror stone. Simply genius. And his gardeners 
Well, they were light years ahead of the edible competition. They soaked their cucumber seeds in milk and honey right before they were sown. And the flavor was literally off the charts. And the penalty for a slave who dared to grab just one of Emperor Tiberius's cucumbers? Okay, uh, let's see. I guess you had your hand up first. Death by torture? Yes, but could you be more specific, please? And even though Tiberius was ravaged by venereal diseases, plural. Wait, did you just say venereal diseases, plural? I did. He managed to live to the ripe old age of 77, almost entirely subsisting and surviving off of cucumbers. And he would have lived even longer, perhaps as long as King Gilgamesh, had he not been murdered to make way for a new emperor, the mentally unstable Caligula. However, under the reign of Emperor Tiberius, cucumbers were found to have all kinds of curative properties, and cucumbers were cultivated for medicinal purposes in Rome and big time, as cucumbers were used to produce over 40 different remedies for a variety of maladies. Anything from bad eyesight to skin rash to infertility to you name it. As cucumbers are known to effectively prevent constipation and cucumbers are known to effectively prevent kidney stones. They control diabetes. They stabilize blood pressure. They reduce cholesterol and flush out toxins. Cucumbers soothe muscle and joint pain. They smooth hair. They smooth your nails. They improve your skin. They fight heat. Cucumbers aid in weight loss. And cucumbers play a protective role in combating cancer. And even today, cucumber soap and cucumber lotion are highly prized topical treatments. And starting way back in the 17th century, English physicians commonly prescribed placing patients with high fevers on a bed of cucumber slices so that the patient with a high fever could become as cool as a cucumber. Yeah, baby. And the idiom, cool as a cucumber, yeah, baby, is based on the fact that in hot weather, the inside of a cucumber remains uniquely cooler than the air temperature itself just like Fonzie, because the cucumber has its own internal air conditioning unit, just like Fonzie. And according to the American Chemical Society, a cucumber sandwich, the edible symbol of upper-class British society, is the single best thing a human being can do to regulate internal body temperature and rehydrate during hot weather. And the cucumber's popularity, well, it was forever cemented in the year 1876 when Henry J. Hines added pickles as a new product being made by the Hines Food Processing Company because today a jar of pickles can be found in 70 percent of all households on earth which makes the cucumber and by far 
the world's most popular berry. So why is the pickle so popular? Well, it has a lot to do with our edible history. You see, Cleopatra, the world's first femme fatale and international sex symbol, she was so beautiful. She was described as simply brilliant to look upon. Well, Cleopatra credited her legendary good looks to a diet unusually high in cucumbers and pickles. And speaking of Cleopatra, Julius Caesar, who famously said to Brutus as he was being stabbed to death, well, I guess you know you just blew the Christmas bonus. That guy, Julius Caesar, loved consuming pickles. So holy Caesar consuming pickles, Batman. And Caesar never, ever went into battle without a battalion of pickles for his troops, as pickles were one of the earliest mobile foods on the planet. And pickles were the primary source of food for Caesar's troops during the cold winter months until at least mid-spring, when new crops of fresh produce were actually available. Now, pickles are created by immersing fresh cucumbers in an acidic liquid or saltwater brine until they are no longer considered raw or vulnerable to spoilage. And history records a brazen Julius Caesar sometimes rode into battle without wearing his conspicuous red cloak, which he wore, and like a diva, so his troops could instantly identify him on the battlefield and instantly save him if he ever got into trouble on the field of battle. And you better believe Julius Caesar never, ever went into battle without a stomach full of pickles because everyone knows that Caesar was a dilly and he would sometimes forget to wear his signature red boots into battle so holy. Christian Louboutin shoes, Julius Caesar, two snaps. However, Caesar never, ever went into battle unless everything was completely kosher. If you get what I'm saying, so pass me a pickle, Uncle Harvey. And Caesar was known to stockpile pickles, and Caesar was known to feed pickles to his troops before every single battle because Caesar believed when his troops consumed pickles before a battle that pickles were literally capable of physically transforming his army into a battalion of demigods just like the mythological son of Jupiter, Hercules. And our first president, George Washington, well, George Washington was completely obsessed with cucumbers and pickles, and unbeknownst to most edible historians, is the fact that George Washington's desire was to be a botanist or a horticulturalist. And George toked weed. He grew fields of that stuff. And he was known to have collected thousands of rare plants in the garden at Mount Vernon. Because... As Ron Slater observed 
and dazed and confused. Martha Washington was a hip lady. However, George Washington's love for cucumbers, it was borderline insane because he cultivated and amassed 476 different varieties of cucumbers. And those were just the ones meant for pickling. Frankly, I'm just surprised there's not an image of a pickle on the American dollar bill. And King Henry VIII, who famously said to his attorney, forget alimony, I've got a better idea, made certain to have cucumbers grown in his royal garden for his first wife, Catherine of Aragon, who notoriously demanded cucumbers in her salads every single day at lunch. And she notoriously demanded whole cucumbers late at night, alone in her chambers. However, no one in recorded history has ever been able to explain why. It's just an enormous edible mystery even to this day. And Christopher Columbus, who said to Queen Isabella, I keep telling you, the edible world is round. It's you that's... Ah, Forget it. Trust me, the edible world is round. Well, that guy, Christopher Columbus, he introduced the new world to cucumbers in the year 1494 because Christopher Columbus loved traveling with pickles. Now, Christopher Columbus would famously lose his wallet at every port in every single city, but he would never ever travel anywhere without his pickles. Christopher Columbus never, ever, ever traveled anywhere with his wife. Never anywhere, not even once. But he never traveled, ever, not once, anywhere, without a comical amount of pickle barrels. Christopher Columbus would traverse the world a million times without a crew if it really came down to it but he'd never travel anywhere without barrels of pickles. And he always kept a vigil watch over his pickles because they're delicious and crunchy and they always survive long journeys because pickles don't spoil. And pickles always satisfy, just like a Snickers bar, but without the type 2 diabetes. And pickles prevent scurvy because they are loaded with vitamin C. In fact, Columbus's ship stalker, a man named Amerigo Vespucci, and Amerigo, Christopher Columbus's ship stalker, well, his name is where the term America is derived from, that guy. He made certain to store ample qualities of vitamin C-rich pickles on the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria. And in doing so, he helped to prevent scurvy outbreaks on the historic voyage across the Atlantic Ocean into the New World. And pickles contain carbohydrates, but not the kind that stick on you. So, holy Lee Merriweather Batman. And because pickles are a carbohydrate, pickles are an ideal energy boost as Julius Caesar understood and so long ago. 
And pickles are only 16 calories because they are 95% water. And let's just put it like this. After Christopher Columbus, every single explorer packed their ships filled with pickle barrels. And every single explorer made sure, they made certain to feed their crew pickles. And let's just say this. A successful sea voyage needed two components, lots of gold and lots of pickles. And Albert Einstein was known at the University of Princeton to take a pickle and properly hook it up. He made it shine as bright as the brightest light bulb you've ever seen. And thanks to the magic of edible electricity, And Albert Einstein always said, kosher pickles work best because they have the most salt and salt has conductivity. So pass me a pickle, Uncle Harvey. And Napoleon Bonaparte believed pickles were the integral, edible element for the health and strength of his troops. So much so that he literally put his mouth where his money was. Napoleon loved pickles so much that in the year 1795, he offered 12,000 francs to anyone who can improve upon the prevailing food pickling and preservation methods of his time. Now, the purpose was so Napoleon could better feed his army pickles. Napoleon offered the equivalent of $250,000 in cash, a life-changing financial sum, to whoever could figure out the best way to pickle pickles and preserve food for his troops. So what in the wide, wide world of sports is it about pickles taggart? And what is it about cucumbers? that makes them the world's most irresistible berry, and I'm talking anywhere on planet Earth. So that's it. That's a wrap on part two of the cucumber, the edible key to anti-aging, but tune in for part three, the finale of the cucumber. The edible key to anti-aging. My name is Andrew. I thank you so much for listening. And to all my fans, to all my fans out there in Mexico, hola amigos. And a huge edible shout out to Matt Damon, who definitely knows at this point that the cucumber should be a really big part of anyone's diet. And I've been getting all of your emails and your comments and your recipes. And thank you. And don't stop emailing us at info at edibleonesty.com. Make sure to email us your favorite cucumber recipes. And don't forget to give us a five-star rating on iTunes and Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Podchaser, and whatever you listen to our podcast on. And no, 
I am not signed by any media outlet yet. And CNN and Food Network and Cooking Channel and Martha Stewart, ABC News and Comedy Central and whoever else, I'm available, so get in contact with me and let's work out a deal and let's get edible honesty what it truthfully deserves, a syndicated platform. So get ready to tune in for the next episode for more edible honesty, same edible time, same edible station.